Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Let me tell y'all a story. It, it, it fits here in this place. Yeah. <laughs> y'all are just going to have to handle this. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to try to tell you a story. Y'all can, y'all can sit. Don't care what you do, but uh, whatever you need to do, you do right now. Pastor Amy and I, uh, uh, my first semester at Bible College, I was at AG Doctrines class, 7.30 in the morning. Now, 7.30 for a college student, that's, uh, yeah, uh, that's rough. And um, went into that class that morning. And in our school, before a class started, you prayed and you sang. And what happened here this morning happened there then. We just, we were just there praying, singing like we did every other day. But the Spirit of God invaded the space. And even us young college students, thankfully we had a professor that was an old time Pentecostal preacher that turned professor and, and he knew what was happening. And he didn't try to stop it. And so the entire class period, we did exactly what you see happening here. There were kids lying on the ground, uh, crying in their desk. And the presence of God was so mighty, it was so strong. And I have to tell you, it wasn't the kind of thing we were humbled in the presence of God. We couldn't contain what was going on. We weren't trying to contain. All we were doing was responding to the presence and the power of God. And then, uh, uh, this went through the entire class period. Now we're paying money to be in this class. To learn. But the Holy Ghost decided He was going to change things up that morning. So the next class comes. It happened to be that that was Pastor Amy's class. I was in the first period. She was in the next period. She came in with all the other students and they saw what was going on and they're like, I ain't missing this. I'm getting in on this. And so they came in. This continued through that entire class period. And then... At the end of that period, that professor stood up in front of us and said, Students, if we keep this up, there's already not enough room here. Take this to the chapel with you. Because chapel was next. So we went to the chapel. This is Lakeland, Florida, Southeastern College. We went to the chapel. We did not do normal. We ran to the altars. We got prostrate before God and then God showed up there the same way. And every student and professor that came in, they were were just blown away by the presence of God. And it didn't stop there then either. They canceled classes for the afternoon And for the next three days, that was on a Tuesday, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, this continued for all of those days. Kids would be, you could see kids all the time. Some stayed in the chapel all night long. To the, all night long. Never left. Some of them would go back to their dorms and then they'd come back. And it just, 
This went on for several days. And why I am telling you that this morning, church, is because that developed a passion in Pastor Amy and I to seek the Lord. I was interested, she was interested, not in God's stuff. We were interested in God. We wanted what God had for us. And did you hear what she was saying here? I don't know if you heard that. She said, I submit. Repeatedly, she said, I submit. That's exactly what we students did. We cried out to the Lord and said, God, whatever you've got, whatever your plan is, we want that. You have the the right to invade my plans and turn it what you want it to be what you want it to be. And thus, I stand before you this morning. And so I want you to understand, I want to help you develop your passion for the Lord. Because... If we never learn, if you don't learn anything from today's message, I'll give you right on the front end. If you wanted to walk out after this, you would get the primary thing. Stop seeking His hands. Stop seeking stuff. Quit chasing after the things of God. Chase God. I'm not done yet. Chase Him till you catch Him. Till you catch him. Till you get a hold of him. And, and he means more to you than anything else. Hallelujah. Bring my uh, PowerPoint up. I'm going to start this. You can take notes if you want to take your notes. But I want you to catch this this morning. It's all lining up. The Holy Ghost is so He's so cool. What he does, how he does it, it just, it amazes me. Do you know that word that was given earlier, God's going to actually do that in this service? He's going to meet some of you today, right now. I mean, he already has. I know that you understand that, but the joy and excitement is going to produce something. Because if it's nothing more than joy and excitement, If you walk out of here with just the ability to dance, I was in church today, woo! It was a Pentecostal good time. But if that's all you got, you don't have enough to matter. It don't matter enough. I I want you to have joy. I want you to enjoy church. I hope that our church and our services are done in such a way that you walk out of here saying, wow, it was great to be in church. But, that ain't enough. Because I don't want you thrilled with our worship team. I mean, Pastor Mackay, Brother Robert, and all of these folks that do worship, they amaze me. I love them. And I mean that like they were my own kids. I love them. Most of them are young enough to be my kids, but that's another story. Anyway, I love them. But I, I don't come here for them. And that's what I want to help you change today. So my first slide says, what you got? Y'all about ready to break into Aretha Franklin song now, right? And so, pardon the, the pun, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want more than respect, though, don't you? You want to catch the Lord. So let's look at, let's look at Jacob here first. It's 1207. Now I got to say this. Look at these verses. Then left, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. So he had had his whole family. He had had all of his stuff. But he sent them on a cross. He sent them on the way. He's about to meet his brother Esau. This is Jacob. Remember Jacob, Esau? Fought over everything. Jacob brother. All right? So that's the back, a little bit of the back story. Isaac is their father. And so... 
This is after he's been married, he's in the wilderness, or, you know, he's run into somebody that's a, a bigger conniver than he is. And he's finally left. This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. You see what the scripture's saying? A man came and wrestled with him. When the man saw that he would not win the match. Now pause there, because this is where you're going to get messed up. When you discover who he's wrestling, this is going to mess you up. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and it wrenched and wrenched it out of its socket. Okay, so follow me for a minute. That doesn't happen because you're strong. That's a supernatural act. You're not getting somebody's hip wrenched out of place because you're strong. You'll break something before that happens. Are you hearing me? So that's telling you who the man is that he's wrestling. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless... You bless me. He learned something from his grandfather. He learned something from Abraham. Because <laughs> Abraham got the blessing from Melchizedek. Wow. <laughs> Do y'all know who Melchizedek represents? I'm going way off, way off base now. Yes. Melchizedek represents pre-incarnate Christ. Who do you think Jacob is wrestling? So the same one that his grandfather Abraham realized, I have to get his blessing, so I'm tithing to Melchizedek. And watch what happens in God says, I've got a promised land for you. And here is Jacob now about to seize the promise. So he has an all-night encounter, pre-incarnate Christ. He's wrestling now. Here we go. Jacob is in transition. And, and so when we are in places of transition, often our fears begin to govern our actions, don't they? We start thinking things. We start going down. Oh my goodness. But transitions. You know, big life moves. You're buying a home. You're going off. Kids are going off to college. Um, big moves. And, and sometimes they can cause us to fear. Maybe you, are, you feel from the Lord, I need to move to another area. Big transition. And so Jacob is in these, this moment of transition in his life. And here's, there are moments in life that you simply must have an encounter with God. Refuse to do otherwise. Listen, until you get an encounter with God. We students in that room needed to meet with God. We, our lives were being shaped. Shaped and, and future ministries were being determined. We needed those several days of real move of God to transition to where God was moving us. It answered questions. Even at that time, I knew that God had called me to full-time ministry, but I didn't know what that ministry would be. But he begins to shape it immediately in that context of his spirit moving in our lives. Look at this passage of scripture. As Jacob's, this is just a few verses, by the way, ahead of what we just read. Started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. See, Jacob was in transition. He needed God to show up for him. Did you hear that word earlier today? Some of you are thinking that 
I'm answering what was happening when this, the Holy Ghost was moving. There was tongues and interpretation. What, what he said was, you're in these moments where you're thinking your faith has been rattled. And you're thinking God isn't there. God's not doing anything. There are moments you must insist on meeting with the Lord. And do you know who makes the determination on if you meet with God? Lift your hand up and say, it's me. You're the one. I can't do this for you. A powerful worship service can't do this for you. Talking in tongues can't do this for you. You need an encounter with God. So Jacob's about to meet his brother Esau, whom he had deceived. He feared for his life. There was marked tension between the two of them, at least on Jacob's part. He was afraid, folks. He's traveling back. He knew what he had done to his brother. And God's saying, you've got to get back over there because you're going to be the fulfillment of the promise. And so he has this encounter with pre-incarnate Christ. He's actually wrestling with the Lord. Do not take life passages without connecting with God. Don't take them. Don't do it. When you're, on, when you're in one of those t- uh, moments where fears can arise and you want to go everywhere and anywhere and do anything, and you need to meet with God. Some of you travel, you run after services, you try to get to these events, and, and you're looking for an answer from God, and God's looking at you saying, Just meet with me! Sometimes you can't count on somebody else's great service or great program and great stuff happening in their lives. Listen, this is personal. God wants to meet with you. When God marks you, though, you can trust that He has a plan for your life. How many of you know Jacob got marked? Yeah, he got marked. Jacob was marked. God would, uh, and when Jacob was marked, he understood something that God would see him through. Tough moments. God tapped him on the hip, and he had a permanent hip limp to remind him that God was in control. You can wrestle with me all you want, Jacob, but I want you to know something. I can get out of this when I want to get out of this. We wrestled all night because you needed to wrestle all night. Jesus, pre-incarnate Christ, was getting some gunk and junk out of Jacob. Working those fears out and working that conniving spirit that he had. He needed it to get him to this point, but he had to be humbled. He was humbled that night. Like circumcision would become a mark to the Israelites. And uh, 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 Jacob had this lip limp to remind him that he was marked by God. Sometimes you, when you really get a hold of God, when you chase God and you catch God, you get more than you bargained for. Jacob had a messed up hip. You may find you're walking in God's will and it's still hard. You've prayed, God, I want to be a teacher. And then you find out that your husband wants a divorce. You're going to still be a teacher? You're going to still chase God? It's hard sometimes to walk out what God wants you to walk out in your life. And He is always looking for people who will say, I don't care who else does what else, I'm chasing God. He marked me. Jacob never took this mark for granted. He just walked in what God had for his life. From that time forward, he had figured a few things out. And God really blessed him. And so what happened is is Jacob decided that no matter what, he would get the blessing. 
the reality is that we have no real context for this wrestling match. I can assure you it was not metaphorical. Whatever you read in your commentaries or your Bibles and studies and stuff, you can go online, you're going to hear all kinds of things. They'll say it was a metaphorical wrestling match. No way that this could have been Jesus, etc., etc., a pre-incarnate Christ. No, it was metaphorical, just so you would understand. He was trying to meet with God. His hip socket being out of place wasn't metaphorical. Sometimes we bypass the, just the plain practical, it's there in front of your face. Just take God's word for what God's word says and stop trying to twist it to fit your circumstance. The real point is this is the kind of fortitude all of us need when we need to pray through the entire night. Till we get a hold of God. That's the story behind the story. Jacob understood something. That the guy he had a hold of had something Jacob wanted. And he refused to let him go till he got it. Are you at that place yet? But I have to tell you, for Jacob to get to this point, it was this passion was born out of adversity. Struggle, pain. He had deceived his brother Esau. He had spent 14 years away from his family. He runs in, well, he get, it's his secondary family, I know, extended family, but still, he gets a hold of Laban. And Laban is more of a deceiver and a conniver than Jacob is. And it takes him 14 years to finally get freed of that burden. This kind of passion is necessary to move beyond the ordinary to the extraordinary. If you want God really, seek God really. Stop trying to microwave your time with God and your answers from God. Yeah, just just stop. Just stop it. It doesn't work. You're not getting a quick, easy fix. Five easy steps. I can give you five hard steps that may well include several overnights until you get in touch with God for real for you. So I want to take you to the contact principle. This is where this message starts to take a whole new life for you. We are shown by Jesus in the Gospels this principle of contact. That's what I call it. But it'll make sense to you. Uh, And I'm going to begin with the woman with the issue of blood. She's just happens to be the story I want you to look at today. First. Here it is from the passage of Scripture. This is Luke 8, 43 through 46. A woman in the crowd has suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Now you see what's happening here? His disciples are saying, this is ridiculous, Jesus. How are we going to know who touched you? Everyone denied it. Who Includes everyone. The woman who actually touched him. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me. For I felt healing power go out from me. (laughs) Woo! She'd had enough. Twelve years of struggle was enough. Spending all of her money on the physicians of her day. What she could get from them, she had already got. Which is a big, fat nothing. Now she says, I'm going to get a hold of Jesus. I'm going to touch Jesus. And she fought through the crowd. 
no matter what anybody else thought or said, which, by the way, not protocol. Do you know who they called Jesus often? Rabbi. If you got blood problems, you ain't touching rabbis. Right? She's breaking protocol. Need you to know that. So what does that mean? That means she's going outside of the circumstances of the natural because she needs an encounter with the supernatural. She needs something she hasn't got. So she presses through the crowd until she grabs hold of Jesus' garment. That's all she needed. And God touched her. Everybody that has any kind of blood disorder in your system, stand to your feet right now. Come on. You got something going on that's related to your blood. Stand to your feet right now. Here, here, now. Come on. Come on. There's about 30 more of you that should be standing right now. This is the word manifested that we heard earlier. God, I thank you for every man, woman, and man and woman standing here this this afternoon. That your spirit is alive and real. Every blood disorder, high blood pressure. There was about 14 more that should have stood. God touched them in their bodies. Whatever has issues, high cholesterol associated with their blood, oxygen level in their System. I rebuke the hand of the enemy everywhere he has tried to disturb or stop, create issues. You turn it around now in the name of Jesus. We caught you this morning, Lord. We're not turning loose till we receive what you have for us. Gifts of healings now distributed to these men, these women, in Jesus' name. Say, I'm a receiver. You're standing. I'm a receiver. Amen. You can sit down. Let's go to the man with leprosy. She didn't care, by the way, what others thought. She just pushed her way through the crowd. She didn't care what anybody else thought about her situation. She was going to deal with her situation. She'd had enough. This is from Mark chapter 1, verse 41 through 42. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared, and the man was healed. Now, once again, the leprous man broke every form of protocol. All got thrown out the window. So, perhaps you don't know this, but those who had leprosy in that day were commanded by the authorities to not come near other people. Because it was a communicable disease, they didn't know how to handle it. It's still communicable, and 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 so he they were de- they were declared by law to shout. In fact, when people came near them, unclean, unclean. How would you like to have that for a life sentence? It's not bad enough. You've got a disease that's eating your nose away or fingers, or toes, and people can see that and be grossed out by that. You've got to shout to them before they even get too close to you. I'm unclean! So this man broke through every form of protocol, and he came up to Jesus, and I just read the scripture. He approached Jesus, and he said, Lord, would you make me clean? If you are willing, he said, you could heal me. What did Jesus say? I am willing. And then the scripture says, Jesus broke protocol. Because he reached out and literally, not metaphorically, touched him. 
and the man was healed. He was undeterred by all the factors that should have kept him away from Jesus. He determined, I'm going to get through to Jesus no matter what it takes. I'm fighting through. I'm going to do this come what may. If I'm him, I'm thinking, what's the worst thing that can happen? Anybody in this place and everybody in this place who has any kind of skin disorder, stand to your feet right now. We're not judging you. Stand up. Stand up. You have a skin disorder of some type. It affects you on your skin, your head, wherever. Father, I thank you right now for your supernatural power. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord, you that are standing. Watch God. Watch God. Watch God. Thank you, Lord, that you heal skin disorders. Don't care how they came upon it. Don't care what shape, form, or fashion it is. I rebuke it in the powerful name of Jesus. These who stand right now are recipients of a gift of healing from heaven. God, you spoke it. Now I expect you to fulfill it, Lord. And by faith, we lay claim to it for these who stand now. They will be healed by your powerful name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Say, I'm a receiver. You can be seated. Now we're going to look at this final one for the contact principle, the blind beggar. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road, and when he had heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening, and they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. So when Jesus heard him, he said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. Well, he may have been blind, but he was not deaf. He had heard that Jesus was a healer. So he figures, I know this is my good, this is my day. Somebody needs to shout that themselves. This is my day. I'm going to receive what God has for me. Hallelujah. Come on, shout praises to the Lord. Say, I'm going to receive what God has for me today. I want what God's got for me today. Hallelujah. Yeah, he, he, he may have been blind, but he wasn't deaf. And then when people start telling him, hey, shut up, man. Did you know this is Jesus coming by? You know what they're really saying? I, I, I got my, I need something from him. You be quiet. Don't you mess with the Lord right now. I need him. But he determined. <laughs> and it might get loud. Might get loud. Heaven's coming down, down, down. Oh, it might get loud. Listen, listen. You need to get a hold of Jesus. Don't let somebody else shut you up. Till you get a hold of Jesus. Till you catch the Lord. Don't accept what somebody else thinks you should be doing. You get a hold of Jesus. Whatever that looks like for you. He ignored the crowd. You're going to have to ignore, ignore the shouting of family. You're going to have to ignore the shouting of, of others that will say to you, you ought not to do this. How are you going to be a preacher? How are you going to provide for your family? How are you going to make your way? Look at the Lord now. That's personal. But you can pick up what you need to pick up from it. Let's go after God, church. Yeah, their need was healing, but the same principle applies to our spiritual livelihood. Wait a minute, I didn't do this. 
Everybody that's got some kind of difficulty, struggle with eyes, a disorder in your eyes, stand to your feet right now. Something's going on. It, it, it could be glaucoma. It could be, it's still blood related. So we're going to cover you on two bases, but you've got a problem with your eyes. Father, I thank you right now. Every man, woman, even the young people that stand right now have something going on with their eyes. I rebuke the plan of the enemy that would bring deterioration. Heal them in Jesus' name. I speak your word over them after all. You've already said it, Lord. You already said it. That you would distribute gifts of healing to these men and women today. I speak over them in the powerful name of Jesus. I command healing to come upon them by the powerful name of Jesus. They're healing right now in Jesus' name. Shout, I'm a receiver. Shout it, I'm a receiver. You can be seated. Now listen to me when I say this to you folks. When God brings his healing, after all of this today, you had better tell us about it. Hallelujah is right. We need to know what God is doing. So your testimony can encourage somebody else to stand up the next time. Listen to me when I say this. It's going to be a little bit harsh. I know I'm not known for harsh things. (laughs) If you want what they got, then you need to do what they did. Jacob wrestled with the Lord. And there the old Southern came out of me. Wrestled. It it just came out. It's all right. With the Lord till he got a hold of him. Till he got his blessing. Are you ready to wrestle all night if it takes all night till you get what you need from the Lord? Yeah, yeah, yeah already said it earlier, so I might as well piggyback on it. If you're trying to do a microwave service with God, it don't work that way. It don't work that way. It's just not going to happen. I can tell you, I don't have to be a prophet to say this, but I can prophesy your future. If you're not willing to dedicate fully to the Lord, to give yourself fully to the Lord, to take time with God on His program rather than yours, you're not going to get what you want from God just doesn't happen. Same way a, a college student doesn't come away with a degree unless they're given like 132 hours. They're not getting that degree. They got to work at it. They got to work at it daily. They'll spend some all-nighters. Right, students? College students, any of you college students ever had an all-nighter? Cramming for that exam. How many of you were shocked when you got into college and you saw the first time you ever saw a hundred questions on a test? Okay, I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm in it now. Hey, some of you will do it in high school as well, but if you want what they got, then do what they did. These people were determined to get a hold of Jesus and they did. They needed his attention, they got his attention. If you want a greater relationship with the Lord, then chase him till you catch him. Chase him till you catch him. And nobody else can do it for you. You're the only one that can chase him for you. That doesn't mean your prayers don't matter if you're praying for somebody else to catch God. But the reality is, You need to chase Him for you. Until your heart burns for Him with passion, you won't recognize any change. It's not happening. When I make the statement, don't try to microwave your way to God, it just doesn't work. If you want turkey that smells like turkey should smell on Thanksgiving Day, 
you are not microwaving it. And worse, if you want it to taste like a roast tur- turkey in the oven, I'll go a step further because I like to smoke mine. That's five hours. So it ain't no microwave deal. You'll never get what you need in God unless you're willing to sacrifice the time to get into His presence and get the gunk and mess out of you. That's what happened with Jacob. God took 14 years of trying to drag the gunk and the junk out of him. And when he finally gets a hold of a pre-incarnate Christ, Christ himself is saying, I got to work some mess out of you, boy. Boom, boom, there's still some garbage in you. You need more humility. You need to understand that you can't connive your way into the blessing of God. And I want to say this to you. God's not hiding from you. He's just patiently waiting for you to come to him. He's just patiently waiting for you to come to him. We got something for you. I want you all to hear this. This will help you on two accounts. If we can, play it, but make sure we have audio. There we go. I saw a video on here tonight of a young lady that was posed with the question, if your God was real, why do bad things happen to good people? So a pastor walks into a barber shop, sits down and get his hair cut, and Barbara and him start talking, and Barbara ends up saying, you know, man, there's no such thing as God, so why do you want to be a pastor? pastor says, what makes you think there's no God? Barbara says, well, if there was a God, why would so many bad things happen to good people? Well, pastor ends up leaving, tips the guy well, and steps outside. And as he steps outside, he sees this really hairy, grungy, homeless guy sitting on a park bench. Taps the guy on the shoulder and says, come with me. Takes the guy back into the barber shop. They step inside. Pastor looks up and says, hey, barber, no such thing as barbers. Barber says, what are you talking about? Pastor says, well, if there's such a thing as barbers, then this guy wouldn't be out here all hairy and grungy like this. Barbara says, the problem isn't that I don't exist, it's that he never came to see me. Yeah, mic drop. How many of you are craving a fruit roll-up right now? (laughs) Sorry, side note, side note. She made that thing look good, did she? If you want God, you're going to have to pursue Him with passion. And He's looking for people that will chase Him down till they get a hold of Him. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. I don't know if it's good. It's doing the same thing, Teresa. If you, can, if you can advance it for me, then do it. I'm going to read the passage because I don't want to wait. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So many of you need that. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And here's what Jesus does. In exchange for your heavy burdens, He gives you hope and life. What a great exchange rate. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 says these words. In those days when you pray, listen church, I will listen. Let's just pause there for a minute. In those days when you pray, I will listen. What are those days? Those days when you return to me. Days when you come from the muck and the mess of your past and, and, and where you've, you've done your own thing. You've done your own way. You've gone your own way. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. What's your fortunes? Those things that you lost even when you weren't walking with Christ as you knew better. 
God says, I'll restore that to you. Even some of you got skin disorders because of stuff you did, places you went, things you got a hold of. He says, I will restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. In this passage, God is talking about bringing restoration to his own people. Surely God wants to restore us into right relationship and closeness with him. God longs to have a passionate, free-flowing relationship with you. The previous 21 days of prayer and fasting that many of you participated with us on should have resulted in you drawing closer to the Lord. If it didn't, if you don't feel like you really got through to God, if it doesn't feel like you really touched the Lord or got a hold of God, then you did something wrong. I told you it would be harsh, a little bit harsh. Because here's the reality. That scripture says, in those days, when you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. Whole is not half. Whole is not 10%. We try to give God a little bit of ourselves. He wants all. He doesn't settle for less than all. First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the things you need. I'll take care of them, but seek first. It's how it works. It's a principle in the kingdom of God. Until you actually figure this thing out, that you literally must tithe. You really must tithe. That's on the minimal. That's saying, I give my first blessings to God. My first fruits to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His right ways. And all of these things, He'll take care of. Everybody that that's your testimony, you've watched do it, you've experienced God doing it, stand to your feet quickly. I know I'm talking to some people who really know how to get a hold of God. I know that. I'm not just talking to people that have a lazy relationship with God. I know I'm talking at least to a few of you that really know how to get a hold of God. And so I'm, I'm giving you this word this morning to encourage you. If there seems a gap, if it doesn't feel real change up what you're doing the woman with the issue of blood had seen everybody she saw she she thought she needed to see but she heard about a Nazarene she heard about that was coming to her town and she said I've suffered 12 years today's my last day If I can touch Jesus, if I can get a hold of Jesus, I'm not leaving here with any more pain or Jacob, 14 years, struggling, struggling. God, what do I do? How do I do this? How do I make this work? I've received your blessings. Some of you are saying, I've received your blessings, but I'm in this moment, Lord, and I know I know there's more. I know there's more. Those of you who are looking for more, keep going till you catch Him. 
don't quit. The blind beggar, I'm not shut up. I hear Jesus is nearby. I'm going to shout louder. I'm going to shout louder till Jesus hears me. So don't quit. Everybody standing, please. here this morning first things first and you're not in a right relationship with Christ you know if you're not in a right relationship with Christ maybe the Holy Spirit has been tugging on you all through this service we were shouting and dancing and carrying on and maybe even some of you watching online you the Holy Ghost was tugging at your heart And you know things are not right between you and the Lord. Would everybody just do me this favor, bow your head, close your eyes. Nobody look around. Nobody make a noise, please. Try not to use this time to go to the restroom or do something that distracts others. But just close your eyes. If you're here right now and not in a right relationship with Christ, you want to change that. You want to get to a right place with God. Whatever your circumstance, Whatever your circumstance or situation has been, you know you need to draw near to Christ. Would you lift your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I, I want to get right with God today. Come on, lift it up high. Come on, lift it up high. Say, I need to get things right with God today. Thank you. Thank you. Now, here's what I'm going to do. You can put your hands down. You can all look at me right now. Surely you've heard everything I've said right now. And I wonder if you lifted your hand and you mean real business with God, you're willing to press through the crowd and come to this altar right now. If you raised your hands and you meant business with God, would you come forward right now? Just come on up. Come on up. Come on, you raised your hands. Come on. You heard what I preach. If you mean business with God, you got to get things right with God. Do it today. Don't wait on somebody else. You become the blind beggar shouting, I need Jesus. I know the Holy Ghost is working on a few more of you, but I'm going to pray with these young people that have stepped up here this morning, this afternoon. Would y'all pray this prayer with me? I'm just going to help you out, but it's got to come from your heart. It only matters if you make it matter. Like I've been talking about all now through this part of the afternoon. Lord Jesus, I admit I am a sinner. I'm not in a right relationship with you. But I want to fix that today. Please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, because you died for me. You shed your blood for me. Thank you, Jesus. The grave couldn't hold you. So I confess you with my mouth. I believe in you in my heart that I am saved. I am born again. I'm a child of God. From this moment forward, I am yours. Help me, Holy Spirit, to walk with you every day of my life. Fill me up so I can do this. I'm yours, Lord. Amen. Amen. Shake your hand welcome you into the kingdom of God see that couple right there would you mind walking over there with them just for a minute they're going to get some information from you now now while God's working on them 
Y'all know I was talking to you, right? I I can safely say about 95% of you are just outside the camp trying to make your way in until you get a hold of God. Just outside. You can do this. He's made it possible, right? In fact, you can get the answer to Jesus' prayers for you because the Scriptures say He lives making intercession for you so that you can draw into Him and get everything. You can catch God. You can. So would you do this for me? Just this last moment, lift your hands to the Lord. Say, fill me up with more, Lord. I want everything you've got for me, Lord. I want all you've got for me, Lord. I won't accept short of what you have for me, God. I won't accept less than your very best. I want you, Lord. I want you, Lord. Robert, help me out with this one. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now I see Say I once was lost But now I'm found I was blind But now I see God help us to see Help us to see Help us to learn how to wrestle with you, Lord, till we get a hold of you, to chase you till we catch you, Lord, and not be content with anything less than getting a hold of you and receiving your blessing, Lord. We sang it earlier. We sang it in faith earlier. And now we sing it with reality, knowing that we can get a hold of you. I'm going to get my blessing. Hallelujah. Can I sit? Go ahead, give the Lord praise. Thank you, Lord. Church, I didn't give you five easy steps. I gave you three hard steps, four hard steps. But I can assure you that if you will take them, please understand, even if we're here two hours, which that is exactly how long we've been here, this isn't the fix. This is the path. What I've got you on is the path. You're the one who has to follow through with pursuit till you catch God. You want Him? Chase Him till you catch Him. I love you folks. Have an amazing day.
I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel, not only to the Lehigh Valley, but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.